the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Monday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Happy Monday, guys. Good morning. Happy indeed. Yeah. It is above freezing. I'm very happy. Well, you're going to yes. be happy all week long. <laughs> all right. I like it. And uh, today is the 22nd of January. It's also the 50th anniversary Roe versus Wade. It's also a, a, a prayer day, so to speak, of legal protection for unborn children, and also the feast day of St. Vincent of Zaragoza. So let's all get started with a prayer before our day even begins. Right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, whose deacon Vincent, upheld by you, was not terrified by threats nor overcome by torments, strengthen us to endure all adversity with invincible and steadfast faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Vinny, pray for us. St. Vinny. <laughs> we will learn more <laughs> later on during our same day. Yeah. Oh, hey. You've got to be close with there your saints. You Hi, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, I, I wanted to talk about some news that was honestly quite shocking yeah. to yeah. all of us that we found over the weekend. Most Reverend Bishop Mario Dorsonville of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau passed away uh, over the weekend and uh, related to health complications to liver disease that was discovered last year. Um, diocesan leaders are committed to following canonical procedures and honoring Bishop Dorsonville's wishes. The College of Consultors will meet today to discuss funeral arrangements as well as select a diocesan administrator who will lead the diocese until Pope Francis appoints a new bishop. So we will continue to keep Bishop Dorsonville, his family, and the entire Diocese of Homa Thibodeau in our prayers yeah. during this difficult time. So, yes, especially wow. the diocese. This this is tough. This has got to be tough mm -hmm. for the for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau because he was there not even a year installed in March. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's mm, my my heart breaks. So, um, so Homa Thibodeau, yes, folks, we absolutely. you are in our prayers. I I assure you. Yes, and uh, tune into our Facebook page as we also will provide updates of, from the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Uh, so if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us and we'll make sure we'll get that information to you as well. But uh, starting off with today's show, we have some events in our listening area. We will give you details about. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Deacon Terry Bellon joins Damian and Dave in our Baton Rouge studio. He's a deacon He's at St. George Church in Baton Rouge. And today we are talking about <laughs> men, why men should attend retreats. So if you've yes. never considered a retreat, maybe maybe consider it. <laughs> we'll talk about the benefits of going on retreats. So looking forward to that. 
In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And we're going to be talking about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And in 48 minutes, Jordan Tabor will be in the Baton Rouge studio today. He's a Catholic businessman and founder of Rain Will Bring Flowers Foundation. He's going to talk about an event called Planting Seeds of Hope, which focuses on suicide prevention and awareness. So looking forward to to today's wonderful guest today, full of wonderful information. And Damien, I'm looking forward to the weather report. Well, cloudy we'll skies are in the forecast. Uh, yeah, cloudy skies <laughs> in the forecast. Uh, will make way for rain, which is expected to enter our area late this afternoon or early evening, about a 30% chance. Rain actually in store for the entire week, oh, okay. uh, so plan for that. But temperatures are great. High today, 66. Low is going to be 61. So a spring-like day. Uh, temperatures pretty much in the 40s. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker. Today is the day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Today, we are asking God to heal us from the legalized murder of unborn children. This crime, this awful crime, challenges us to face the elephant in the room, which is a metaphor for an obvious problem that people don't want to confront. So while many of us abhor the legal slaughter of millions of innocent babies, we often refuse to face the unpleasant reality that our redefinition of marriage by the widespread acceptance of contraception is the root cause of this evil. The basis for the traditional Christian condemnation is clear. Contraception is evil because it's an intentional violation of the design God built into the sexual differences between a man and a woman, which are designed for procreation, not recreation. The early Christian fathers were unanimous in their opposition to contraception, which was condemned in the First Council of Nicaea in 325. Similarly, the Protestant reformers Luther, Calvin, and later John Wellesley also condemned contraception as gravely evil. The first break with this unwavering moral teaching came in 1930 by the Anglican Church, What followed, sadly, was a marked increase in birth control practices among Americans of all faiths. Even worse, pastors and theologians began teaching an evil approach to marriage and sexual intercourse that separated marital love from procreation. Spousal love was redefined to mean fulfilling my needs, not sacrificing myself for another person or my family. 
With the arrival of the contraceptive pill, it became easy to medicate a woman's healthy fertility to sever the act of intercourse from its natural consequences, a child. Once pleasure became the primary end of marriage, babies were the evil to be avoided, and therefore it was only a short time before abortion became widespread. Sixty-five million-plus babies murdered later. We Christians bear a large responsibility for this crime that cries out to God for vengeance. Self-centered, promiscuous sex is often called lovemaking. But the truth is, whether in marriage or outside of marriage, the cruel reality is it has very little to do with either genuine love or making. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy. And again, a reminder, today is a day of prayer for uh, protection of unborn children. Let's pray for an end to evil and the killing of unborn babies. And in the meantime, we also have events we want to share with you. For example, St. Catherine of Siena, a big mission trip is coming up this summer. Uh, They are sponsoring their first international mission trip to Punta Gorda, Belize. It's going to be June 22nd to the 29th. Uh, the estimated cost for the mission trip is about 1500 bucks. It includes your airfare, transportation to Belize, lodging, meals, supplies. Uh, you will work with the Jesuit missionaries at St. Peter uh, Claver Catholic Church in Punta Gorda. The mission will involve both manual labor and evangelization. If you are interested in being a part of this mission trip, just go to ccmedia.live. You'll get all the details, but it sounds worthwhile. Wow, it does. Mm-hmm. Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church is having a married couples retreat March 9th and 10th. It's going to be at St. Joseph's Abbey in Covington. And for more details, go to faithandmarriage.org, or you can always go to ccmedia.live. That's right. Well, Total Vision is a two-day seminar where you will dive deeply into John Paul II's Theology of the Body. The first session will take place January 25th and 26th, which is an overview of Theology of the Body. The second session will take place January 26th and 27th. Well, the topic will be living from the beginning and loving to the end. It's going to be held at Mary Queen of Peace Catholic Church over in Mandeville, and the cost is $97 for printed materials, lunch for uh, the full day, and refreshments throughout the seminar. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. Now, men have been going to Manresa for decades when it comes to retreats. Well, guess what, ladies? You'll finally have your opportunity to make what is known as a Manresa retreat. You still won't be able to go to Manresa, though. Uh, It will be held by a Jesuit priest and offer the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, and it's going to be held at the uh, Cynical on the lake. The retreats will follow the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola and follow the same schedule and format that the men have. Uh, If you are into a silent retreat or would like to make one, it begins on Thursday evening, goes until Sunday midday, and it's open to about 64 women. They're filling up fast. They have been for the last uh, four or five months now. The next one is coming up March 11th through the 14th. Father Bueller from Manresa is going to be heading that retreat, and I guarantee you're going to have a good one. Mm. For more info, ccmedia.live. 
Was that a question? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd put a different inflection <laughs> yeah, on it for you a got change. My interest. <laughs> yeah, there you Saint go. St. Catherine de Sienna represents Alpha, which takes place over 11 weeks, 11 weekly sessions beginning tomorrow, January 23rd, and a weekend retreat Friday evening, March 15th, and Saturday, March 16th. Each session runs from 6.30 to 8.30 and includes sharing a meal, watching a video, and discussing the video in a small group. All the sessions are free. Child care is provided mm-hmm. during the alpha sessions. So you got no reason not to go to that. Go to ccmedia.live for details. Nice. Gabby, you want to plug the last one or what? Save that yeah, for Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, the Loyola University of New Orleans School of Communication and Design will host their annual Louisiana Chapter of Journalism Education State Conference Friday, January 26th. ccmedia.live is where you can find out more information. Stay with us. We have more coming up after the break. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 22nd. Today we celebrate Saint Vincent. Most of what we know about today's saint comes from the Christian poet Prudentius, a contemporary of Vincent's in 4th century Spain. According to the accounts we have, Vincent was ordained a deacon by his friend Saint Valerius. This was around the time the Roman emperors had published edicts against the clergy and, one year later, against the laity. Vincent and Valerius were imprisoned, but they did not break. For whatever reason, Valerius was released and sent into exile. Now the emperor turned the full force of his fury on Vincent, who suffered unspeakable tortures. Ironically, it was the emperor Dacian who was the first to show signs of disintegration. When his would-be executioners failed in their gruesome task, the frustrated emperor had them beaten. When the torture resumed, Vincent remained courageous. Dacian wept with rage, but toward the end ordered the prisoner to be given some rest. Friends among the faithful came to visit Vincent in his final hours. When they managed to settle him on a comfortable bed, he went to his eternal rest in the year 304. Martyrs like Vincent are heroic examples of what God's power can do. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Almost 19 after the hour on this Monday morning, and welcome back to Wake Up, Damian Colado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and with us now in studio, Deacon Terry Ballon, uh, Deacon at St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. He's also a fellow act brother of mine, and uh, here to discuss why you should go on a retreat. Now, we will always promote retreats in and around the New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Mississippi, Gulf Coast, you name it, if there's a retreat, we like to promote it because we think it's important. But you're probably asking yourself, eh, why go on a retreat? That's why we have Deacon Terry here to tell us this morning. Good morning, buddy. <laughs> Good morning. So, let's get started. All right. Why should one go on a retreat? You know, I think it doesn't matter where anyone is, whether it's a man or a woman, what right. what phase they are in their faith life, mm-hmm. they will all. you'll always get just an immense amount of grace from going to a retreat. Um, whether it's an Axe retreat, Manresa, um, you know, when I went on Axe with you, Damien, five years ago, <clears throat> um, I was already in diaconate formation. Um, 
but there were many men there that had never been to a retreat before were just just starting their yeah. faith journey. Yeah. Now, never been on one, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And just starting their faith journey mm-hmm. and and watching men go through that retreat and see the the transformation of their lives over that three day period was Mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a retreat that it, it doesn't matter where you're at in your faith journey, it touches you immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I also, I go to Manresa every year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, but just to have, you know, three or four days of silence um, it's so it's a totally different retreat than Acts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, so and but you're never really silent. That's what it's, people go, Colada. How the heck can you go on a retreat? Yeah, I can't and, and shut yeah, up yeah. for any I, any length of time. Yeah. And I tell them I'm in total conversation, listening and speaking to it's God the whole time. Yeah. So you never feel like it's a silent retreat, right? right? And you know, and and I think the the beauty of Manresa is that you. Shut down all the external noise. Yeah. You know, you turn your phone off. You have, you don't, you don't pull out your laptop and, and, yeah. and do work. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. Um, where you can be in that silence and listen to what God is telling you in your life at that at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've done Manresa now for about fourteen years, and um, before I was ordained as a deacon, we had to go. We were required to make a minimum of a five day directed silent retreat so i did eight days wow and before that really? i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do this yeah mm-hmm. i can't <laughs> imagine silent. and there yeah. was no it wasn't like manresa i met with a spiritual director every morning for about 20 minutes and then the rest of the day i was by myself yeah um it was fantastic <laughs> so do I, you recommend maybe a retreat like acts for the first one in a lot of cases only because it, it is a good stepping stone and a good uh, transition yep. into what retreats are all about uh, or or even maybe a one day at your church parish sure you know in places like uh, our lady of hope yes offers lots of one day retreats uh, for men and women and couples mm-hmm. um, where you can go and, and get a feel of what a retreat is about but they're all you know they're all different they all have their own gifts and they all bring you uh, different graces so um, you know, acts acts is a an intense retreat. Yeah. Um, Memories is more. And you can only make back. one. That's right. Yeah. So if you go to acts, be ready because it's the one and only time you'll you'll make that retreat. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was always curious, Deacon Terry, that uh, women go on retreats. It seems like all the time, and they have no problem gathering for retreats and everything. We're lousy at it as men, aren't we? Yes. I can't figure that out. Why is that? Because the first thing I can tell y'all, the first thing that pops in my head is I don't have time. Right. Right. And there's too much going on. So I mean, what do we do about that? How do we force ourselves, if you will? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So, you know, there there is uh, a, a beauty in men gathering together. Yes. Um, and sharing sharing things that they don't they don't typically share with mm-hmm. other men um and and you know that that's that's things that we need to be promoting in our in our parishes yeah. is is yeah. getting together i'm doing exodus 90 right oh, now oh with boy. a group from st george okay and so that's you know we we get together once a week um for an hour uh 
and um, just sharing our struggles and, yeah. and sharing our faith life and, and sharing our walk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's so important about doing that. And so, yeah, you a, a lot of men struggle with being open. Being for one. open, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. But and, as soon as you do, there's this deep camaraderie that you have. Oh, right? absolutely. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah, there's something to be said for that. It's just that first step, step. getting it going, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do they know when they're ready? <laughs> I mean, should a, if a friend, a good example is a lot of times most men make the first one right beca- by invitation. You yeah, know, it's okay. a friend wants to invite them, right? But but they they put it off, they put it off. What they have to realize is the devil, the evil one, is always going to step in the way of keeping you from going or right. telling you you've got too much going on in the real world. Right? You don't, you can't make a, a, a retreat. Right. Right. And you got to look beyond that. You and do. that's, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, that when is the right time? Right. The right time is when you know you're being called right no matter what happens you go right you feel it in your heart yeah you know something's going on in your life and you know i can't i you get that feeling where i just can't keep doing this anymore i need to do something different um and that going on a retreat is a, a great great first step so when did you make your first i mean what inspired you to go to your first one to acts no just a retreat your retreat. first retreat so my ever. first retreat because everybody can remember their first retreat i think i can i know yeah. i can but mine was um Curcio in in the 80s De wow. <laughs> De Colores. De Colores. 50. where did you make yours over in um prairie Rome. Prairie Rome, yeah what number you remember? No. <laughs> you remember the table? Man, I remember everything. No. St. John, baby. <laughs> I, that changed my life. I yep. was 26 years old. And, Terry, I'm telling you, I mean, my heart burns for Christ every day since then. Yeah. I was, I, was, I was probably 23 years old. I'll be damned. We could have been there at the same time. Didn't even know it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so how'd you get to go there? And, I was and, invited. And you can only oh, make one go. of those as well, guys. But right. I'm telling you, you talk about intense. But you were invited. I was invited by a yeah. friend. Yeah. Me too. A guy, I told him, my sister had always made retreats at Rosaryville. Yeah. And uh, we grew up in New Orleans. That was easy for her. And uh, finally, she was after me one day. You ought to make one. So I asked a friend. He said, yeah, I'll, say, I'll bring you on a retreat. God, did I not know what I was getting into. That's right. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but it's but life-changing. That was your first. Huh? That was How about you, Dave? One. Mine was Manresa. Mine was my first well, actually, I went on my own silent retreats the very first time I ever did that, and it was very, very powerful. I just drove up to Hansville, up to the shrine uh, uh, nice. up in Hansville, and it was just me, just by myself. And I was in that big old beautiful church, staring at that big old beautiful monstrance for about, uh, I went there for about three days, just on my own. Really? And it was my own, it had to be silent. I had nobody mm-hmm. there with me, you know. But it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was awkward at first because of all the silence and wondering, yeah. what am I going to do? and everything and about midway boy i just i just melted right into it it was just beautiful and i actually heard god speak to me you know which was just just amazing so how old were you um it wasn't that long ago i want to say it was in 2008 oh really yeah Yeah. that was was my first retreat how about you gabby real quick well we had retreats in high school and i remember doing overnight retreats and you know retreats with your senior class so yeah uh, but i did go on a silent retreat later on i don't remember the year it was probably 2013 maybe Uh up in rosaryville and that was beautiful yeah 
Very good. So, Terry, uh, I was asked by uh, one of our listeners, what inspired you to become a deacon? Uh, and who inspired you the most while you were in class among your classmates? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Y'all can show that picture. We got a foursome of Terry and his his uh, deacon classmates. Uh, yeah. But go ahead. So, How, what inspired you to become a deacon? I always like to hear that story. You know, I was um, in a, a period in my life where I was spending a lot of time in adoration and asking God, what do you want from me? What mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? How can I serve you? And the diaconate kept coming up. And it was one of those things <laughs> where people would come up to me and say, have you ever thought about being a deacon? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I would have that a lot. And uh, you know, a friend came up to me after Mass one day. He says, I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you this, but during Mass I got this feeling that I just need to come and tell you yes. Yes. So... He said, whatever that might mean to Just you. Just yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. So, and that was it. Yeah. Well, I'll be darn. Okay. It wasn't Billy Francium. Oh, yeah. Maybe. He had a lot to do with Maybe. it. <laughs> uh, you, you had a great group, though. We did. Y'all, y'all are real good deacons, all, all four of y'all. Thank you. And uh, last but not least, and we only have a few seconds, pilgrimages. Okay. Yes. You make a lot of them to Magigora. How was yeah. your last one? 30 seconds, just quick wrap-up. We went to Medjugorje in November um, with Father Paul Yee. It was about 40, a group of 45. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful trip. That You know, that's another thing to do. Medjugorje is not like going to the Holy Land. Uh, Medjugorje is like going on a retreat. It's like a retreat. Well, it's like a retreat. Well, next time you're sure. back, we'll talk about All right. that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Terry Ballon, thank you so much for being with us, and keep up the good work. Coming up next, our buddy Alan Migliorato here on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Clotto and David Dawson. And this song makes me sound like yeah. we're on vacation. Kind of happy, kind of tropical. Yeah, yeah well, because well, Alan's in take Florida. It over. Yeah. yeah, let's take it over to Winter Park. <laughs> hey, Alan. <laughs> good morning. Hey, Thank good you morning, for joining guys. us today. Oh, <laughs> Okay, let's, t- let's talk about something that's always a topic of conversation amongst parents who are raising preteens, teens, and honestly, Alan, young children. That's screen time, video games. How much is too much? I know we've talked about this before, but I think the conversation will always continue. It's going to go back and forth on what is best to do. What are you seeing with screens, video games, phones, screen time? How much is too much when the world is at our fingertips? Oh, my gosh. What, what, what a time bomb of a topic. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those where, where we're like, no matter what we say, it's like, yeah, you really shouldn't speed. As soon as you get in your car, you speed. You know, it's, it's one right. of those things that I don't think is going to stop um, completely. It's, it's just the world has changed from 2007 on. Like, it'll never be the same as far as, as some of the things that, that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's studies that are coming out now that, you know, we were kind of waiting for back in 2007 when everybody kind of saw this coming, which is, you know, the screen times can, can disassociate us from society. It can, 
it can change our world. You know, I, I, the images of like George Orwell's Big Brother, you know, they, they come into my mind. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things that, that is really affecting our teens. And it's so much so that it changes the way that they're listening to what's being said and, and their communication skills. I'll give you an example. This, uh, you know, I, I was just talking the other day to, to a couple people in my ministry that I work in, and I was saying, you know, am I just getting old? Or, or And I know I'm, don't answer that with a yes or you're fired. <laughs> am, I just, am I just getting old, or is, are the teens just really different? And even the younger, the younger um, ministry uh, core team that I have in their 20s, they're like, no, they're completely different than they were just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the attention spans are getting shorter, and so that's the doom and gloom. Right, that's the bad thing, the bad side of it. So, what do we do about that? So, I think that we're also going to see this is the pendulum swing down. I think that we're going to see a swing up in the near future because parents are recognizing this little by little. I think that we're going to see parents starting to restrict screen time from the time that children are younger and really Mm -hmm. never give your kid a phone. I don't care how bad they're screaming when they're under one year old because it really just develops their mind and the neuroplasticity of their prefrontal cortex. It changes the way that they think. And, it, and if, we, if we keep rewarding um, those kind of things or giving our kids those kind of things, they're always going to expect it. So we've got to really start teaching our children how to restrict uh, screen time. I know I, I seem to be talking around the subject, so how much is too much? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it really is going to depend on your kid, but, like, parents, you've got to watch how much screen time you're spending on, too. Like, how many levels do you need in Candy Crush? You know, like, what, what is, is it really going to make a difference if you win this next level? Or put your phone down and, and, and be a good example to your kids. Yeah. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Like, kids watching, that's like a parent saying, hey, don't smoke and drink, and, and the dads are out on the back porch mm. with cigars and brandy. So, yeah, like, how, yeah. how can that be bad if my dad's doing it and my mom's drinking wine in the house with her friends? And she's smoking too. Like, why? Like, how is that bad for me if they can do it? Maybe I just need to be an adult so I can do those things. Like, we send uh, mixed messages to our kids. It happens with the point. phones too. Get off your phones. You know, get off your phones yeah. and be a good example. And and if you can't do it, then don't be mad at your kids when they're not paying attention to you and they're not doing it either. And I know that sounds harsh and that's very direct and aggressive of me, but that's what it needs. That's what it takes sometimes. Is you know, be honest about it. If you're on your phones, don't expect your kids not to be. So, Alan, you're seeing like an uptick of people restricting themselves. Is that what you're saying? Uh, and, and restricting kids, saying, you're yeah. more of that? Well, well, what I'm saying is I think that parents are complaining more and more about it. And so they're seeing okay. the, the, um, the outfall of what's happening. Okay. And I'm starting to see some younger parents say, no, put your phone down, put your phone down. It's happening very slowly. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's almost like the church changing, right? It takes time for the yeah. church to change yeah. anything. And so it's a slow movement, but I think it'll catch on. I think that if we can get, get our kids to be outside more, you know, just to put the phone down, to leave it in the other room, which would be a miracle if our kids were, you know, disconnected from their phone. And it's not just the phone. It can be like, you know, a Nintendo DS or it sure. can be, sure. you know, um, anything. They're, they're just watching a video online. But we have these five-second clips. So really, like, in ministry, we try to reach out to kids in those social media areas so that we can at least get a message, uh, you know, a godly message into their lives at yeah. some point. Yeah. Um, one something we've yeah. done before in youth ministry is challenge the kids to make a, a you know, um, a spiritually uplifting TikTok for their friends, you mm. know? And okay. so, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's something yeah. that is a challenge for them, you know? Sometimes they're afraid to put something like that on, but they won't be afraid to do the most 
crazy cinnamon challenge or whatever the challenge is going on. Yeah. I think that I think the millennial generation is really realizing this because we realize how toxic social media can be, screen time can be. It's easy as putting your phone away at the end of the day and saying I'm not going to answer an email or a work text or anything. I'm going to be present with my family especially during mealtime and getting to know how your family did during the day. What what did you do at school today or how was work today or something like that? But restricting during the day, I think it's especially important, Alan, to restrict screen time right before bed because screens, looking at screens right before bed can really stimulate our mind and it can actually not benefit us with our sleep patterns, um, which we're starting to realize and more and more you know, documentaries are coming out and studies are coming out. Uh, but I think it's important to realize that uh, screens, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse when it comes to screens. We have the world at our fingertips. I think as parents, we need to see what's best for our family and our teens and, and kind of act accordingly to mm-hmm. that as well. Well, we're giving our, our children knowledge, right, or, or what they think is knowledge. They're, yeah. they're filled with more knowledge than we'll ever be filled with, but they're, they're restricting the wisdom that comes out of that knowledge right? because they're relying yeah. on everything that they see. It's like, okay, this is the first one that came up. It's Wikipedia or WebMD, and now I'm like, I know everything about being a doctor because it's like us watching Grey's Anatomy. Now we know everything about it is to be a doctor. <laughs> it's, it's not, that's just not the way it goes, you know? I mean, yeah. there's more to life. So like that experience, we just have to challenge our kids, put it away, and we got to do it too. And I really think that's the biggest thing, especially for younger kids to watch their parents. You know, like I hear my dad, you know, yeah, growing up with the, you know, don't, don't you just watch your language. And then I'd hear him, yeah. you know, on, on the baseball field. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just heard you say what you're yelling Good at point. me for saying. What's going on here? You know? right, right. So, Alan, what's the difference from a generation ago that watched Power Rangers and Barney and all those other TV shows, sort of like a babysitter of sorts, and today it's on the phone. Did all those kids who watch too much TV, so to speak, um, turn out bad? So those two different questions, and they're both great. So um, probably, I mean, probably watch, we watched too much TV growing up. I know I probably did, but we couldn't take it with us. Like we couldn't, you know, if you're out somewhere, like you're out. Mm-hmm. There's no way, there's no boundary now. There's no, there's no true. dividing line. Like I can reach anybody at any time. My pastor texted me the other night at, at like 8.30 and, and I responded after nine and I asked him a question and he didn't respond. And I said, hey, did you get my text? He goes, yeah, it's after nine. I just put my phone away. Wow. Brilliant. Nice. Right? Brilliant. Nine o'clock, yes. put your yes. phone in the other room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. a good so, point. Yeah. My favorite. Like you you can't no, take that, you could take the phone with you where the TV shows you couldn't. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, and my favorite... My favorite are the moans and groans when we say we're going to go out for a walk as a family or we're going to go out and do something. You have to leave the electronics at home. It's like, oh, you'll uh, live for like an hour <laughs> or two. No, I won't. And then they forget about it, you sure, know, until we get sure. back to the house. Uh, Alan, thank you so much. We could talk about this for a Man, whole show. Yes. But where can we go to find out more about what you do over at Adventure Catholic? Yeah, check out AdventureCatholic.com. That's the best way, AdventureCatholic.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Parents, you know what to do. And if you have any questions, reach out to Alan Migliorato. He has some wonderful books. He He's also the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, guys. God bless you. Have a great week. Take care. All right. Oh, my goodness. Teen screens. So, Gabby, do you lead by example topic. with your little one? I try. We don't have a cell phone. 
Not yet. I think he's one of the last ones You're in good. his class. Good for you. And, good uh, for you. So, but the screens are a challenge, and it will always be a challenge, I think. So uh, just just pray about it. Do yeah. what's best. Contact Alan. Do all the research. So, there you go. yes. In 35 minutes, oh, it's 45 minutes past the hour. Stay with us on Wake Up. past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with Gabby Smith, Damian Collado, and right now in our studios, I am honored uh, to be joined by a beautiful couple who has been through a lot and is doing a lot because of it. Jordan Tabor and Lisa Tabor, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. You have, well, I, I tell you, you have an amazing story of all that you guys have been through in a year. Or less. Eight right? months. Eight months. Eight yes. months. And, and and for those who don't know, can you give us just a little recap of what has happened and uh, where, where you're taking it? We lost our son, uh, our 15-year-old son, Owen, to suicide just this past April. He was two weeks away from turning 16. Mm-hmm. And Owen was popular. He never was bullied. He was good-looking. He was athletic. And he came from a stable home where he was loved and supported Mm -hmm. in every way. Mm -hmm. Um, I say all of this so that your audience understands that if Owen could fall victim to suicide, then any of our kids can. Anybody, right. Before we lost Owen, we had no idea just the prevalence of what suicide was. In in Louisiana, it is the second leading cause of death in adolescence. Is it? And young adults. Oh okay. Um, wow. We um, so due to the stigmatism, no one is talking about this. And yeah, yeah, su- that really has to be addressed if it's right. the second cause. Right. My goodness. Yeah, yeah suicide is an, an epidemic and a silent killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to find a way to transform our pain into purpose. So that's why we founded Rain Will Bring Flowers Foundation. Um, an attempt to change the game in how we talk about the uh, mental health. Yeah, and so you guys have been going around. I mean, because we've had you on before, yes. and that's I'm, I'm thank you for coming back and joining us again because that that means a lot to us. Uh, but but you guys have been blowing and going as far as what you are doing about. I mean, you're working through this. This I'm sure you've had grief, but you're yes. you're boots on the ground doing things here. Yeah, and it's just it's just the way that we are managing our grief. Yeah. Um, by throwing everything that we have into the foundation. Yeah. And um, one of the one an example of uh, the way we're trying to change the game is we have this amazing event coming up. Yeah. Um, next Monday evening, it's called uh, Planting Seeds of Hope. And uh, Rain Will Bring Flowers is partnered with LSU Athletics with uh, our Lady Lake with the mental game, the L Club, um, and also um, the Joe Burrow Foundation is oh, now, wow. now involved. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Wow. And, um, you know, we're just trying to find creative and new ways to get the message out. Yes. Because uh, something differently has to be done. Yes. Uh, given the prevalence uh, that, that Lisa spoke about, and we have to find a way to break the stigma. To raise awareness first. First, we need to find out, hey, we got a problem here. What are we going to do about it? Correct. Right? Correct. Okay, so this event is going to be, well, January 29th. You said that's Monday. 
Next Monday, yes, and, sir. Okay, that's 6 p.m. That's going to be at the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. That holds a lot of people. We got to fill it up. We got to pack the PMAC. Okay, so 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 what, tell me about it. What, sure. The, the event itself. Sure. So um, it's going to be a night of fun. Uh, inspiration and hope. It's going to be a night about celebrating life. Yeah. And um, uh, it's going to be a panel of uh, former LSU athletes that oh, are wow. going to talk openly about uh, their struggles mm -hmm. and how they've overcome them. Uh, Kevin Falk. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ashley Natt. Mm -hmm. um, Delvin Bro. Yeah. They're going to be interviewed in a panel style format by a gentleman, um, um, he formed the mental game. His name's Brandon Seho. Okay. He was a, a Baton Rouge uh, sportscaster at, at one time. Okay, all right. And uh, Gordy Rush is gonna be the MC. Oh, good. And good. then, um, and then uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy and Robin uh, Burrow will be participating and presenting as well. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. So, so how long an evening is it going to be? An hour and a half. Oops. An hour and a half yeah. is all. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that sounds like you're packing a whole lot in there. Yeah. So, and, and you know, just one last thing. Sure. The, sure. Uh, I think the most, um, <clears throat> the most amazing, impactful part of the night is going to be an opportunity to have an interactive Q and A. So all the families and kids, uh, our community that's going to be in there, mm -hmm. it's going to be a open and honest dialogue. Yeah, yeah. So these athletes that you're going to have on the panel there, I guess they're going to be speaking through experience of knowing folks and having they, witnessed own, this. And their such. own personal experiences and, uh -huh. and how they've overcome. Wow. Okay, that sounds like it is going to be a powerful evening. And and once again, let's let's make sure we get this date and and time out. That's going to be this Monday, uh, or a week from today, mm -hmm. January 29th, six p.m. at the Pete Maravich uh, Assembly Center. That's LSU campus, so it's you know you're, you're you're coming in from everywhere. You know where LSU is, uh, and it's going to be at the Assembly Center. So this this is going to be great. We should fill the place up. This should be a very do powerful you have to event. Register? You do not. This is something I think that's so important. I I think yeah. a lot of people can just show up, right? You don't have to register. It's free to the public. Wow. Just just show up. And, you know, there's going to have um, – there's going to actually be several LSU coaches and current LSU athletes in the audience. You might even get to sit next to one. Yeah. I know Jay Johnson's going. Okay. I've heard from several other coaches that are going to be there as well, and they're encouraging their teams to attend. And, you know, it's we're all going to be sitting together as a community. I can't wait to go. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. So I'm going to make sure we put this on our calendars. It's free. It's called mm -hmm. Planting the Seeds of Hope, which that right there is a powerful name, you know, a Planting the Seeds of Hope. Because you, you, you're, you're taking what would crush into other, other folks and, and, and making something yes. grow from this, you That's know, right. giving, giving yeah. other people hope, you know. And, and so, David, you know, uh, for your audience, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a school faculty member, a coach, yeah. a clergyman, um, it's critical that you clear your schedule and bring your kids, bring the team, the students, yeah. the athletes, um, your parishioners. You know, come as a family, as a school, as a team, as a church. Come together, and you know, there might be someone sitting in your office listening to this and be thinking. This doesn't apply to me, not mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be mm -hmm. a uh, this this message. It's not for me. Yeah. And I can tell you that um, eight months ago, I felt the same way. And I wish I would have had some sort of education mm -hmm. uh, similar to this because we still may have our son. Yeah. So don't right. don't become a statistic. Mm -hmm. Get your family out 
and come hear this great message. Right. Wonderful, right. wonderful. Jordan, Lisa, mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming in. And yes, uh, we're, we're going to keep talking about this throughout the week. Thank you. The Morning Show keeping reminding folks that this, this event is going on because this is so important. God bless you for what you do. You guys are my heroes. I mean, you're very strong and just, just a wonderful, wonderful yes. couple. Well, so, we, could, we couldn't do it without your support and helping us right. get the message out. So thank you. And you're in our prayers as well. So let's, uh, let's fill the place up. Thank you okay. so much. Pack the PMAC. Yes, indeed. Gabby? <laughs> Such a powerful event, but like Jordan said, highly encourage, you know, healthcare professionals, teachers, coaches, parents, students, uh, you know, clergy uh, to, to attend. This is yes. very important. Definitely go on our website and check this out as well. Absolutely. So absolutely. So let's, uh, mm -hmm. as we come to the close of a show that just went by all of two minutes, it seems like, uh, one hour. Uh, let's close with prayer on this uh, on this day of prayer for uh, innocent children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May the Lord help you to work ceaselessly to enable all believers and non-believers alike to understand the protection of human life from conception, from conception is an essential condition for building a future worthy of the human being. We ask this. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for making us look and sound absolutely incredible this morning. We're so grateful for you both. Tomorrow, we have a wonderful lineup. Steve Ray joins us, Catholic convert and pilgrimage leader. Father Braxton Nikes of the Diocese of Biloxi will talk about vocations. And Chris O'Neill of the Archdiocese of New Orleans talks about uh, the very powerful upcoming men's conference and the Archdiocese. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.